right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcasts of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. All right, welcome back to another episode. If you haven't subscribed yet, please feel free to hit the subscribe button and join us. And we're almost done with our parts of Brookshire Hathaway annual meetings and then going through the review and diving into the wisdom that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger have uh, shared with us. And and by the time you're listening to this this particular episode, yes, Charlie Munger has already passed away. And, and so there's some wisdom left behind, so to speak, of his 99 years of time on this earth that we were blessed to be able to him sharing himself in a lot of these situations. So so let's go ahead and just jump right in. I'm going to go ahead. And if you remember a quick little review, there are pre-written questions by and Becky Quick is reading those. That is question 37 that we left off on. And then there's audience questions, and they're going back and forth. So live questions from the audience. So this is a question from pre-written where Becky Quick asks, do you feel confident about of the future prospects for our over $100 billion cash on hand, or are we getting closer to cash distributions? Now, this over $100 billion is probably closer to $200 billion now. But Buffett adds, if Brookshire shares are selling for less than we think they are worth, what that should be a pretty big way to distribute cash. But what we would really like to do is buy great businesses. If we could buy a company for 50 billion or 75 billion or 100 billion, we would we could do it. It would be easier with a private company and there aren't many that are are big. If market circumstances result in us being able to buy a $50 billion of our own stock, we'll buy it. It isn't killing us to hold $130 billion of bills at 5% plus bond equivalent yields. So he's, they're sitting on $130 billion and they're earning 5%. So he's like, we're cool. We're good. No no need to just go and buy into something or buy shares back. And I think they also understand when you buy back shares, there's there's a bit of, it's not manipulation of the own value of your business. You're just buying back shares and the company owns more shares of that particular, of their own company. But I think it does with most retail clients, they don't understand that. So they see that as the value of the company that or the stock is increasing when the reality is the value is really the same. It's just the company owns more of their own stock. So that's where the kind of their situation is. But I think he's right. We buy great businesses. Why would we change? And so now we're in a position to where we can buy a $100 billion company if it, if it is. So it makes sense for us. The audience question, question on how to succeed as a lawyer. Uh, Munger, I don't have a lot of advice about how to succeed as a lawyer. <laughs> Drop the mic. Wow. You had an opportunity to speak to Buffett and Munger, and there you go. That is not a, again, it's like that one of the other audience questions about family in, in the previous episode. You're in front of the two guys who have been the most experienced of using capital to buy businesses. They're probably one of the most valuable companies in the world, and you're going to ask them about being a lawyer. Know, know your audience, I guess, is the best thing to do, to know, first of all, as, an, as a lawyer. Okay, Becky, quick. Question about the new 15% corporate minimum tax rate. Buffett, 
The 15% tax doesn't bother me in the least. We were paying 52% tax as federal income taxes when I bought control of the partnership in Brookshire Hathaway. The tax rate has come down dra- dramatically. We do think corporations are overtaxed in the U.S. when we'll feel out a way to pay 15% every year, which generally we've been paying anyway. If there were a thousand corporations in the U.S. that paid what Berkshire was paying, nobody else in the U.S., no individual, no corporation would ever pay any income tax, social security tax, gift tax, estate tax, anything else. A thousand like Berkshire would produce the revenue that's being derived under the present tax code from everybody in the U.S. Here's the interesting thing. I kind of agree with Buffett is that if you, but this is where I don't agree with Buffett is that, yeah, people would, he says, would ever pay any, nobody else would ever pay. Well, I disagree with that. The government is going to continue to do what the government does and they spend. The government spends and then they spend and then they spend some more. So I think from that perspective, I think that's always going to occur. But what I do agree with is that if corporations were required to pay 15% tax, then it would alleviate individuals and other corporations from having to pay tax. But here's where the issue would lie. The cost of goods and services would increase, and therefore the inflation of those would be considered a tax. And so the cost of buying goods and services would increase. Therefore, the revenue and profit of those corporations would increase. Therefore, the tax revenue would increase. Therefore, the pricing of goods and services would increase. Therefore, our purchasing would decrease because the cost of goods and services. So the only solution in minimizing the cost of taxation, whether it's an individual corporate tax, whatever the type of tax is, the solution is being mindful in the spending of those dollars, being being a good steward of those dollars. That is the core denominator of all of that, no matter the type of tax, no matter it's a, a local or a federal government, you need to know what you're spending. And you can't just spend, Buffett said it earlier, Buffett said that you just can't spend all these dollars and go into debt. You got to spend less than you make. And so the government does not do that. And what they don't collect, they borrow or print. And so there's the issues of inflation that we have to deal with. So, okay. Question number 40, audience. What is the hardest part of your business? Buffett adds, we don't have a hard business. We love our business. I work with the greatest group of people you can imagine. We like each other. Nobody is after anybody else's job. It's five minutes from my home. So, and I think there's a lot of wisdom here. Think about this. Your business is hard if you're, a lot of times, if you just don't enjoy what you're doing. And that hard is not bad. But notice he says, we don't have a hard business. And they really don't. They go and look for businesses that are good businesses. And then what do they do? They buy them or buy into a portion of them. We love our business. And because of that, they choose who they get to work with. So they work with the greatest people they can imagine. And they like each other. Now, do they always like each other? Probably not. Are they going to be frustrated? I'm sure they are. When economic situations and they're not doing as good as they think they could, I'm sure there's there's some tension there. But at the end of the day, think about that wisdom of in your own situation. All right, Becky Quick. This question comes from David Koss, who is a professor at the Business School of the University of Maryland. He says, at the last year's annual meeting, Warren mentioned that Brookshire had taken a large stake in Activision Blizzard as a merger arbitrage play. 
since the UK regulator has blocked its acquisition by Microsoft, has Brookshire reduced or sold its stake? Buffett. In terms of what we do with stock, we don't give information except when required to, which is in the 13F or whatever we file. But I would say this. I think Microsoft has been remarkably willing to cooperate with governing bodies. They want to do the deal. They have met the opposition more than halfway. The UK is in a better position to block it than the US. I don't know how it turns out, but not everything that should happen does happen. I think the British government is making a mistake in this case. There you are. All right. Audience question. How does Brookshire incentivize owners of its subsidiaries to give up their independence? Buffett. We hope to find managers who love their business but don't like a lot of what comes with public company. There's nothing like working for yourself. If you can't own a big company, working at Brookshire running a company is the closest thing you will get. You don't have to spend time courting analysis who will probably have contempt for in many cases. You don't have to spend time with banks getting money and particularly in terrible times. Maybe you have siblings who want out. You may not be able to achieve that unless you sell to Brookshire. Basically, what he's saying is that if you like your business and doing your business, having Brookshire own your business is the best thing because everything outside of that, running a business and all the issues that come with running a business, especially a public company, we as Berkshire Hathaway will deal with. You just have to do your business and what you got you to be a big business to where we wanted to buy you in the first place. So I like that advice there. And that's true. And there's a lot of small business owners who don't like running a small business, but they like what they do. And, but they also don't want, they'll deal with running a small business, even though they don't like it because working for somebody else would be even more painful for them. And so they choose the headache of running a business, their own business, than working for somebody else in their own business as an employee. All right. Next question. Quick, please give an update on Seize Candies and NetJets because those go hand in hand, right? When you're on NetJets, you can eat your Seize Candy. I always think of Seize Candy and NetJets. Those always pop into my mind as a pair. Why give updates on those two? But anyways, that's the written question in. So he's going to give an answer. Seize is a wonderful brand. That does not travel. In the East, people defer dark chocolate to milk chocolate or prefer dark chocolate to milk chocolate. In the West, people prefer milk chocolate to dark. In the East, you can sell miniatures. Jet, Net Jets is a service to people that have. So let's stop there. So what I like about what Buffett's saying is that we don't have to be. Seas Candy doesn't have to be everything to everybody. That's it. Just know your market. That's the whole point, isn't it? Just know your market. Seas Candy started on the West Coast and tends to be successful on the West Coast. The East Coast has other candy makers and, and people on the East Coast like those candies. Fine. NetJets is a service to people that have to be very well-to-do to use it. But if you are very well-to-do, in effect, you are spending your heirs' money. NetJets has 600 to 650 planes, but we are going to buy 100 planes this year. And we won't sell any because we've got a backlog. And we took a NetJets flight to Tokyo and we flew back. NetJets does not have a competitor. We have looked at Wheels Up the other day. Its stock came out at $10 a couple years ago. It's selling at $0.48 cents the other day. When you have money to do to do NetJets, you know you will get the same planes with the same pilots as I and my family have flown on since before we bought the company. 
So a lot to be said here. They they have competition, just not in their space. And so they, they know their market. Their market is people who can afford to fly a private jet. And that's their market, period. And there's such a backlog that they have to buy 100 more planes to add to their existing 650. What's wrong with that? Sounds like a great business purchase. Good job, guys. Question number 44. Do you see any opportunities in zero emission vehicles, manufacturers, or in related technologies? Buffett, the auto industry is just, it's just too tough. It is a business with a lot of worldwide competitors. We like our dealership operation, but I don't think I can tell you what the auto industry will look like in five to 10 years from now. Munger, the electric vehicles coming big time. It is imposing huge capital costs and huge risks. And I don't like huge capital costs and huge risks. Buffett, I think I know where Apple is going to be in five to 10 years. And I don't know where the car companies are going to be in five to 10 years. Here's the funny thing. I love this because Buffett and Munger took them so many years before they invested in Apple and technology. And now they know more and are better of, uh, equipped with Apple and uh, technology than they are the auto industry, which has been around before Apple and the technology. And I love this because it, it's proof to, proof to say, hey, you know what? You don't have to be an industry that's been around forever for you not to really understand it. There's so much changes. I personally am not a big fan of uh, electric vehicles. I, like Munger, say huge capital costs, huge risks. I think it's going to take probably another decade, if not two decades, for electric vehicles to have the impact on an effective impact on travel like traditional vehicles, combustion vehicles do. Now, electric vehicles are being jammed down our throats, but they're not as efficient. They're not as effective. They're they're very costly, which is causing traditional combustion engine vehicles to be expensive because they're trying to keep up with the technology on the combustion type vehicles to keep up with the electric vehicles technology. And both types of vehicles, I think, are going to cause the auto industry to price itself out of a market. It's going to be so it's going to be like the airlines. The airlines are so subsidized by the United States government. They're an important part of the economy and travel, but they're such a huge subsidization of the airlines. I think the auto industry has been heading that direction for the last decade. And I think they continue to go down the EV path. It will become more and more. And then you and I's taxpayers basically are going to be subsidizing all of our travel, air, train, land vehicles, all of it. Plain and simple. And I think the government, they've been very mismanaging the whole EV. And, and I think the auto industry, shame on them for allowing it to happen. All of them. I think Toyota is probably, in my opinion, Toyota is probably the most equipped to be the sole survivor in the auto industry because of their other technologies that they're looking at that I won't, that this episode, we're not here to talk about that just yet in these episodes. So, so we're going to end it here. Thanks so much for joining us. We have one more part, one more episode. Join us for the finalization of the last three questions for the last four questions, 45, 46, 47, 48. And then we wrap up our annual meeting with Brookshire Hathaway. And the wisdom that's here is phenomenal. Stay tuned. Thanks for joining us. Take care.
All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Podcast of Farming Assets. If you've joined us for the first time, fantastic. Welcome. We're excited to have you. If you like the content, give us a thumbs up. Feel free to subscribe and feel free to share us as well. Don't keep a secret and give this podcast a link to other friends, family, and colleagues. Again, this is all for you guys and feel free not to keep us a secret. Share this episode with everybody you possibly can. 